Hi, this is Steve Kelly. Thanks for tuning in for the podcast of this week's Saturday Sports Talk program with Lauren Tate and myself. And a special thanks to the folks at Kirby Wealth Management Group for their sponsorship of the podcast. We hope you enjoy Saturday Sports Talk. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies focus on your income. At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we focus on your outcome. That's why we know what it takes to succeed both on your balance sheet and in your life. It takes the right financial partner who looks at where you are now, where you want to go, and designs a financial plan to take you there. We're here to help you achieve the life that you're after, today and every day after. Focus on your financial outcome with Kirby Wealth Management Group. To get started, visit our website at justin-kirby.com. It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts. Lauren Tate, and Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella's Saturday Sports Talk. With you until 11 o'clock today, Mr. Tate is up and at him on this <laughs> sunny Saturday. We've got uh, 39 degrees here in central Illinois. Nice to see the sun. be nice to see the sun without 30-mile-an-hour winds for a change, but uh, maybe well, that's know, Last coming. night, Steve, it was blowing, and all of a sudden it just stopped yeah. at the time the baseball game started. Illini baseball, and but it took them four hours to play the game, <laughs> almost. A lot of bases on balls. Oh that game. man, what, thirteen walks! I don't know what it was. They had in the game. It was uh, it was just crazy. They they had uh, eighteen strikeouts, fifteen walks, thirteen runs, and four hours of baseball. And Illini won seven six. Seven to six on a walk off hit in the uh, bottom of the ninth. So they're eight and two in the Big Ten now. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, they've, they're winning a lot of tough, close games without great pitching, although, um, you know, just too many walks late in the game. And a grand slam home run by uh, Northwestern Jay Bashirs hit one after a couple of walks and another base runner in the ninth. They came, and Illinois was ahead 5-2, to two, and the next thing you know, they're behind 6-5, to five, and then they rallied, and, and uh, Comilla came up with a winning run. Actually, what happened, Steve, is twice in this game, Illinois laid down bunts, and the pitcher threw it away. It wasn't the starting pitcher. It was uh, mm-hmm. guys that came in, and as soon as they had to feel that ball, you know, they didn't know what to do with it and threw it in right field twice and once in the ninth inning, and uh, that put Illinois in, that, got, that got Illinois into a tie. And then Comia came up and hit a fly ball to center field. The center fielder didn't even go back to catch it because they were all pulled in, of right. course, and, and it dropped behind him, and the Illini won. So they'll try another one today at 3 o'clock, and they got – Easter egg hunt after the three o'clock game, so you better get out there and. Oh, you're you're over twelve, aren't you? You got to be under twelve. Just barely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois wins it by a score of seven to six. Illinois softball winning on the road nine to five at Rutgers, and they're seven and two in the Big Ten. Tyra Perry's softball team. Major League Baseball last night. If you watched any baseball, it was Jackie Robinson Day. Yeah, everybody's 42. Everybody's wearing number 42. 75 years ago, you were just a teenager uh-huh. back then. What do you remember about uh, Jackie oh, Robinson I, breaking oh, into baseball? I, I was a big Dodger fan. I mean, that was a team 
you know, back in those days, they had Ferrillo and Wright, and they had Hodges on first, and they had Campanella catch, and they had Newcomb. And they, I mean, that was a famous team before. I mean, he just made it better. And, uh, you know, Junior Gilliam played back in those days, and Duke Snyder's in center. And, yeah. I mean, they had a heck of a team, and everybody followed the, the Dodgers. And then when, when uh, Jackie Robinson came up, he made them even better. He was he was a he played second base and first base for him. Seventy five years ago, Cardinals beat uh, the Brewers ten to one last night. St. Louis now four and two on the season. The Rockies over the Cubs six to five out in Colorado. Cubs are four and three. The White Sox are five and two after a three to two win over Tampa Bay last night. So baseball about uh, seven games, six seven games in the books. What do you think about uh, your Cardinals? I'm just worried about the pitching. Uh, I, I I think the Cardinals have got the best defensive team in baseball, or at least close to. And I think the hitting will be better. It looks like a, a new Arenado coming to the plate. He's hitting the ball awfully hard. And I think that uh, each you know they've they've progressed a year, and I think that the hitting will be okay. But starting pitching has me worried, don't you? I mean, aren't you? I am, although Michaelis surprised me a little bit last night. He had a good well, game. He took a one-hitter into the seventh. It changes the game when the team scores six runs in the first two innings. You're right. ja- I mean, it changes for the pitcher because it just uh, there's a, a relaxation thing that, you, you know, and you're going to throw strikes. I mean, if you hope you throw strikes. And uh, the Cardinals got away with la- – they just got some big hits with two outs and runners on base. That's, they did. That's, that's what win games for you. We've got the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. The scheduled guests on the show today will talk basketball recruiting with uh, Brad Sturdy about 915. Cam Cox, who handles the NIL situation uh, for the University of Illinois, will be in studio with us. At 9.30, any questions about how that's going uh, with Kofi and other Illinois athletes? We'll try to find out that uh, with Cam Cox. Kendall Gill at 10 o'clock. We'll talk uh, with Kendall about uh, the NBA playoffs and the Bulls and other items as well. And then at 10.30, Dan Rowan, our friend from uh, Chicago, formerly from Champaign, will join us. He is going to retire from uh, sports broadcasting next month. He keeps saying. He says that. (laughs) He's going to play golf. And I said, well, I thought you already played a lot of golf. And he's going to play more now. But we'll uh, talk things over with Dan about uh, Chicago sports. I did a little research on, you know, when you're in this business, you you have teams that uh, that you remember. Like we remember Final Four teams and Rose sure. Bowl teams. He has covered a dozen championships in pro sports. All those Bulls. Mm-hmm. The Bears, three Blackhawks, the Cubs, the White Sox. So he's been in on the top of the game. Some of them are few and far between, though. That's right. <laughs> well, the Bulls had uh, you know uh, two streaks of three in a row. Mm-hmm. So that that I'm guessing that was a highlight of his sure. career to co- to be up there for that. We'll find out when we talk to him. Uh, again, the phone line is open. Some other uh, news items: the women's golf team playing in the uh, Lady Buckeye Spring Invitational. They're in second place heading into today's final 18 holes. They played 36 holes yesterday. They're three shots behind host Ohio State. Crystal Wang with rounds of 71 and 74. Men's gymnastics moved into the championship session of the NCAA championships with a third-place performance in the qualifying rounds yesterday. So they'll 
participate again and compete tonight. Men's tennis plays Northwestern today at noon. Women's tennis plays Northwestern tomorrow at noon. So Illinois Northwestern is a popular item this week on campus. I'll say. And by the way, the uh, the, the football, uh, I'm going to call it a scrimmage today. I, I mean, I, I know they're going to be doing some hitting. Uh, is open to uh, season, season ticket, ticket holders and to the media. Yeah. So we'll get to see an hour from between 11.30 and 12.30 and then be a press conference with, involving Bielema at that point. If you have season tickets, you probably already know about uh, the uh, procedures today to go over and watch that, but uh, you're more than welcome to do it. And then after that, I go get my taxes. <laughs> Take it right up to the... <laughs> no, no sense in getting this done early, right? Aren't you late What's the now? Day, the you know I extended it to the 18th, so I got lots of time. Well, you got till Monday or Tuesday, I guess. <laughs> Way to be right on the ball there, Mr. Tate. Um, speaking of uh, things like that, and uh, I was talking about uh, the Illinois women's golf team playing in uh, the Lady Buckeye Invitational... We have a, a date now for the opening of the Atkins Golf Club. It is Friday, June the 3rd. We'll tell you more about that as we move along. Let's go to the phones here real quick before our first time out and say hi to Jim in Champaign. What do you say, Jim? Uh, you, you were just <clears throat> talking about golf just a second ago. Did you happen to see the article in the Wall Street Journal about Scotty Scheffler uh, this week? No. What did it have? Well, it's a great article, and everybody is, that is interested in pro golf, I'll go back and read it. The uh, University of Texas golf coach, uh, John Fields, uh, used his players in, in addition to himself for recruiting, and he asked his team uh, uh, 12 years ago, does anybody on the team who knows somebody that's uh, going to be really good. And the guy spoke up and he said, uh, yeah, he said, I do for sure. No question about it. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, he was 12 years old and uh, uh, five feet tall, weighed 100 pounds. And he said uh, he'll be uh, one of the major players of the, of the future. And it goes on to uh, talk about Scheffler and all the stuff he did early on in his career or when he was a kid playing golf, this guy noticed at the country club that he never wore shorts. He wore long pants because that's what the pros did and uh, his practice and everything else. And I was curious if Steve, what Steve Stricker uh, knew about him when he picked him for the Ryder cup, he took a little flack for uh, uh, not taking uh um, uh, let's see, Reed, and he took uh, Scheffler, and uh, that was before Scheffler won anything, although he had four tournaments uh, in the top ten. So I'd be curious if you run across Steve Stricker, how did he happen to know so much about Scheffler and pick him for the Ryder Cup? All right, Jim, thanks for the call. Good stuff. Stricker's all over things like that. and uh, Scheffler to... won about... 70, 80 junior championships. I mean, he, he just won a load of junior championships. Yeah. So people knew about him, um, but he hadn't won on the tour yet prior to uh, the Ryder Cup. But uh, Stricker has a has an eye for talent. Maybe we, if we went through uh, Mike Small, he might be able to help us get a, uh, maybe get Stricker on here some Saturday morning. Yep, that, that is kind of in the works. 
we've been Smalley and I've been talking about that for a couple of months now, but it's just getting everybody's schedule because yeah. now there's Smalley seasons going on and they're coming down to Big Ten yeah. championship time. So we'll we'll try to get that done maybe this summer sometime. And a couple of other notes um, before we uh, take our first break: uh, the coaches versus cancer. Uh, deal in uh, Gordyville, USA on Tuesday night with Underwood, Self, and Kruger. Did you see this number? Raised 288000 Yeah. Two 288-570. They said it was over a quarter of a million that night that yeah. they were going to go over a quarter of a million, but 288 boy, that's good, isn't it? That's really good, and there was a lot of auction things going on there, including some courtside seats at Allen Fieldhouse that uh, yeah. that went for big money. But uh, a shout-out to Nicole Anderson, who is the basketball secretary. She's very involved in putting this together. She's got a team of folks that help her, of course. But uh, a big night up at uh, Gordyville. They had more than 1,200 people there buying tickets for that. So it was a good uh, time had by all with uh, Brad Underwood, Bill Self, and Lon Kruger in the house. It is 9-12. We'll take a break. Phone lines will stay open. We'll talk some Illinois basketball. Have you uh, probably heard Andre Corbello made it official? He is going to go to St. John's back uh, to New York City in the Queens. So he'll play for Mike Anderson at St. John's. We'll talk about that and more with Brad Sturdy when we come back on the Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. Mike Mary and his team at the Pella Window and Door Store want to thank you for what's been an incredible year so far. Looking for the right window and door for your next project from replacement, remodeling, or new construction? Go see them now. If you got a project later this year or into 2022, now is the time to start the conversation. The Pella Window and Door Store, easy to find, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, or visit them online PellaofChampagne.com. Moving up on 916, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. And the phone line open at 217-356-9397. Brad Sturdy is going to join us in just a moment. But Lloyd has a basketball question for you, Lauren. Lloyd's been hanging on uh, during that break in Champaign. Go ahead, Lloyd. You're on the air. Yeah, I just have a question. I'm just curious. How was the travel arrangements? Did uh, Bill Self come in oh. on a private jet or to land at uh, Willard? I, I don't. I never heard. I, I mean, I, I don't know how either one of them got here. I assume they both flew into Chicago and drove down. But uh, did you hear anything, Steve? I did I, not, I no. Mean, I didn't ask them how they got here. But uh, I did. I uh, There was some suggestion, you know, that since they're both members of the uh, Coaches for Cancer, that probably they paid their own way, I imagine. Uh, as opposed really? to, well, I mean, what do you think? I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I have I, no idea. Well, I mean, Kruger is a, is on the national board. Now, maybe his expenses are taken care of that way. I don't know. I, I don't think it matters one way or another, really. I mean, I, they got here, and that's the main thing. The the fact that they're willing I, to give up their time and, and, and what they're doing for coaches for cancer is just tremendous. I thought I heard somewhere where Kruger flew into uh, – to Willard, and then okay. he took a tour of the uh, uh, of the U of I campus. Uh, mm-hmm. late. But uh, you know, you fly into uh, O'Hare, you got a that's still a long. Uh, even if you take a limo, that's a that's a couple hour drive from there. So, well, maybe they you know, flew I down from there. I I don't know. I mean that. Yeah. Or I'm... or or you know, <laughs> self or uh, you know he could have flown on his. Uh, I'm sure he's got private 
get uh, some hiles that he can fly into someplace. So I just was curious. Yeah. And, so, or, and or did you know, did they spend the night in, in Champaign? Or, I'm <laughs> sorry, just, I didn't ask them their personal <laughs> decisions. I just, you know, right. I was I right. was interested in, in the basketball and the cancer part of it. And I, I thought their uh, exchanges with Underwood were tremendous on the dais, on, on, up on the stage. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thanks a lot. Have a good day. Yep, yeah, yeah. you too, Lloyd. Let's uh, say good morning to uh, Brad Sturdy, IlliniGuys.com. How you doing, Bradley? I'm good. How are you? Good. You keeping busy out there? With uh, There's no off-season anymore, is there? There's no off-season at all. It is a, uh, it, it's crazy. It's busy, busy, busy. Well, let's start with Andre Corbello. He made it official with his uh, announcement that he's going to St. John's. That rumor has been out there for uh, a couple of weeks at least that he might go back to uh, – New York City. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's a good fit for him. I just want him to get himself right, um, you know, and, and play the way he's capable. The kid's obviously talented. Um, he just needs maybe to be in the right environment. His freshman year, he was great. Um, you know, the concussion and different things like that really set him back, and he never really got back to the level that, you know, we that we, everyone was expecting from him. So uh, I hope going home and being around some familiarity will will help him, uh, you know, be the player that he can be. Okay, let's talk about Sky Clark, who uh, is likely to get some point guard uh, minutes for the U of I. He did not play up in uh, Chicago uh, last night in the Jordan Brand event there. But uh, tell us what you think of Sky Clark. Well, he's he's really good. He's a complete player. Um, he's a kid who can – his ball handling is excellent. He can shoot it. He can shoot it off the bounce. He can catch and shoot. Um, and he has, you know, he has just a really good – ability to move uh, to, uh, to 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 create for others as well so he, he does a little bit of everything and so he's uh he's just a really dynamic player Illinois hasn't gotten guards I mean the one thing you have to understand is that was a top 15 player you know he's ranked like in the tw- you know a little around 27 28 now maybe but before he had his knee injury that was legit top 10 top 15 player um, so that is a kid that Illinois doesn't get very often so, so um, that's a that he's a big time get for Illinois. Well, you mentioned the knee. Uh, how how worried should we be about that? I'm not really worried about it, to be honest. I think it's just precautionary. He just didn't want to get hurt, um, you know, in an All Star game, you know, um, and so he didn't play. I, he he said, you know, the strength is back. You know, I think now it's just that it's that confidence in playing, you know, and, and being feeling comfortable. Uh, on it um i think everybody goes through that and, and that's where he's just the mental side of it is probably harder than the physical side to be uh to be honest so um i think he's gonna be fine obviously he's one of the biggest reasons he talked about uh fletcher getting him back to level mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that he was uh you know before the knee injury with the explosion and things like that so um when that happens i mean I, look out i'm telling you this kid's a, he's a player and you know he'll be a freshman there's gonna be some growing pains but there also gonna be some moments when you're like this kid's pretty good well, so, uh, how, how you're, you're going to like watching play. How concerned are you to have so many freshmen taking over the backcourt? You've got Epps coming in probably and Harris, and you've got Rodgers. I mean, Rodgers more of a wing, but he is a passer. I mean, I just see these freshmen playing a lot, but I don't know. Can you win at the Big Ten level with freshmen in the backcourt? Well, I think if you have a seven-foot man-child in the middle and a bunch of really talented wings around them, it makes it a lot easier. So uh, I think that's uh, that's what Illinois is hoping for. But the the one thing about that, I think you can win with this level freshman. I think they're going to have roles. I think Epps can, is a bucket. You know, he makes he can score. 
so getting Epps up there, I think, is going to make a, a huge difference. Um, um, off the bench, coming him, bringing him in, and not having like a main. I don't think he'd be ready to be a main ball handler. But I do see Scout as being, a, or I'm sorry, Sky as being a, the main um, ball handler. You know, starting and and we'll go from there. I I wouldn't be surprised if they added another shooter though, another guard that can shoot, a six four kid maybe a defend that can defend and shoot kind of take over the plumber role, but with a little bit better defense and a little bit more size. Any candidates uh, on your list uh, that you might want to mention that they might be looking at? Well, you know, I really like – there are some kids that Chester has uh, – has uh, he knows. Uh, Kowasi Reeves was at Florida, and then a kid from Virginia Tech um, that he had – you know, he knew. And then there's a kid at Oregon State who I like a lot. Is the, uh, I think it's Jared Lucas is uh, – He's, he was a he was a key component when Arizona or Oregon State rather who made the run to the Elite Eight two years ago, um, and he's just a six four kid who shoot it and he was asked to do a little more this last year and although he had, his numbers were fine, they weren't as good because he was you know he had to be more of a ball handler and stuff. Now he's you know as a as a secondary guy as a shooter I think he can be really good. Well, let's talk about that seven foot man child that you mentioned. Uh, what's the latest with him? What are you hearing? Well, I think he's – I mean, my guess is he's coming back because every other kid who's trying to make the NBA right now is is going through all kinds of workouts and they're training to get there, and he's not. So it kind of gets – you know, if you were really trying to make it in the NBA, you'd probably be doing a – I think you'd be taking a different route. So I think that, you know, he's got until the 20 – I think it's the 24th to declare for the draft or make his decision, and I think he'll make it this week. and. And decide. Uh, we'll, we'll decide to. I, I think he's leaning. I, I don't know if he's leaning, but I think the the logic says that he should come back. So we'll kind of see what happens there. This class of uh, Clark Rogers and Epps, we hear a lot about them. We don't hear as much about Sincere Harris out of the state of Ohio. Tell us about his game. Well, he's an athlete. He's a quick twitch, six foot three, six four, long. Um, he's actually probably you know. Clark and and uh, and Jay Neps are guys that people keep penciling in as point guards, but um, Harrison Rogers are maybe more facilitators than those guys. They are tremendous passers. They can create off the bounce. Um, Sincere Harris reminds me a little bit. He's got a little bit of a uh, Brandon Paul in his game, maybe. You know where you see that he's just got that uh, electric athleticism that you can't teach. But I think the one thing with with Harris, he's people. He's not known as a shooter, but he can shoot. You know he's, but he's more of a slasher, and uh, he will be a great defender um, once he gets the strength aspect figured out. You know, you've got him, and you know when you look at him, you've got a guy like a guy that can, you know, get to the rim, but he's long and athletic. Trent Frazier, but maybe a six-four version of Trent Frazier defensively would be pretty good, right? Yeah, you know, he reminded me. I watched quite a bit of video of Harris. He reminded me at times of a left-handed Luther Head. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. Very athletic, um, you know, and I think like Luther, you know, he gets work in the gym with his jump shot. He's going to become more, and he's got a decent percentage, but, you know, sometimes you don't shoot jump shots because, you know, you can get to the rim in high school. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. it's it's so these guys are so athletic, they can just get to the rim whenever they want. I never had that, so I had to learn to shoot. So, <laughs> uh, well, uh, we haven't talked about, we seldom, seldom talk about Hutcherson anymore is, is there any chance that he's going to come back? And and what about Grandison? I mean, I, I think there's a better chance that Grandison comes back. I think it's still up in the air. I, I'm I think he's probably, you know, it, it's tough. These kids want to move on and go be, you know, go do something. But then you look at maybe a, 
that Grandison's obviously his uh, year did not end the way that he wanted it to, you know, I mean, with the injury. And so I think there's a possibility he could return. Um, and I think this week, a lot of that's going to play out. And then I, I just think Hutch needs to move on and find a different place. I mean, I'm not, I, I, he's a great kid and he's obviously talented, but he's a kid also that um, needs to, you know, just, just, I think he just needs to play, you know, he needs to get on the court. I mean, he hasn't played basically in three years. I mean, you know, for three seasons in a row. So this is a kid who just needs to play somewhere. And, and the physicality maybe of the Big Ten isn't the place to maybe uh, to get healthy. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, we'll see. But I, I would think it's probably best if he moved on. Although if he's healthy, he's a valuable piece. Brad, what, uh, what stories are you working on now? What are you looking into? What will you, what, be your next uh, emphasis? Well, we're working on 23 recruiting. Uh, next okay. weekend we'll – We'll have a, a line eye guys, 23 and 24, actually. We'll have a line eye guys people out in uh, uh, Indianapolis and Kansas City, it sounds like. So we'll be covering Under Armour, Nike, and, and others, um, trying to get everything, uh, to see everything we can, you know, see as many of these guys. It's been, you know, last year you spent so much time on the 22 kids, you didn't get to see the 23 kids. Well, by the way, there's a, there's a player up at, was it? Johnson was the name, right, that's that already committed to Illinois? Yeah. What do you know about yeah, him? Yeah, 24. Oh, fantastic player. I mean, he's going to be a top – he's easily a top 50 player. I think he's probably more like a top 25 player. He's six foot nine. now. He's uh, He's got athletic. He's got ball skills. Um, you know, and he's got the ability – I think he's going to grow himself into a four-man and, uh, and be a power forward. But he's got three small forward skills and a power forward's body. And, you know, two, two years to still grow and get stronger. I, I think he's going to be special. Another couple of minutes with uh, Brad Sturdy. How has this recruiting game changed, Brad, in the last uh, few years now with the transfer portal and uh, some, pe- some people calling it the wild, wild west? And you got a lot of offers out there. Do you got to clear these offers with your current guys? I don't know how, how all that's working, but uh, give us an update on how it's changed. Yeah, I mean, and I think there's always been issues with um, with that, with, you know, offers and things like that, you know, making sure to keep everybody happy. But with the portal and the NIL money, there's more – there's different things happening in recruiting. So, And so I think that's one where it's just a different animal. You know, it's you know, it's one thing like uh, essentially you're you're saying, hey, here's what we can get you NIO money. Used to be, and I know you're not supposed to use that recruiting, but you know what's happening. I mean, so we can we can say uh, we can turn our heads, but it used to be under the table. Now it's legal. You know, it's legal to pay guys. So it's just uh, it, it's a different world. And then the transfer portal is really hurting. I'll be honest with you, your elite high school kids is fine, but those those three star kids that may be unranked, it's really hurting those kids. Um, they're getting fewer opportunities because they're not going to take – you don't take uh, – Brad Underwood told me one time, so probably done taking flyers on guys. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this guy might develop into a player. Well, why do that when you can just next year – you don't need a development guy. You can just take a guy in the portal. You can go get a six nine junior in the portal who, who has already developed. And so there's no – so when whatever needs you have. So I think that's the difference, and I think that's the biggest change. No more, uh, no more recruiting the Kendall Gills of the world. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, exactly. That's sad to say. Well, you know, <laughs> two years later, he's as good as anybody. But you yeah, know. It, it is. But you know, that's the that's the reality. What they do now, he's going to go to a lower level school and develop, and then you're going to take him when he's a junior. So you don't have to waste two years with him yeah. when he's a freshman sophomore. 
There was a lot so, of buzz. It's, uh, it's a different world. A lot of buzz in recent weeks about Terrence Shannon. Has that uh, ship sailed? Is that uh, possibility still out there for Illinois? I don't think it's sailed. I think the possibility is still out there. I just don't think, you know, I, I think this stuff's playing a little out of little because I think Illinois is big. They're kind of in limbo because the reality is that once the once the big guy decides, everything changes, right? So yeah. we'll see what happens with that. So when he decides, okay, there's a scholarship, and now you know who's going to start at center, and then you then you fill around it. You know what I mean? As where if you have if he doesn't come back, now you got to get a big guy. You know, you got their big body in, in the portal. And so, you know, they'll, they'll be looking at different people. So I think it's going to be uh, – I think that's the decision that Illinois is kind of waiting on. And that goes for whether they need a wing, what, what they need, and uh, going forward, I, whether you're filling in a kind of a you know, team that – with Kofi, you probably have a chance to be a top-10 team um, with a, an addition as where without him, now you're changing your style of play. Maybe we do things a little differently. Who has helped himself, uh, Brad, the most in the last – month or so in terms of building their team in the Big Ten, let's say? Man, I don't know. Um, I, I think that there's been some additions. I think Minnesota's going to get a lot more players. Um, they've, they're just really hitting the portal hard. I'm not sure if that's going to be crazy effective, but I think they'll be that you, you never know how effective that is, but um, they're definitely going to add a bunch of guys. I think they have eight portal guys visiting over the next like couple weeks. So uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, as far as, you know, I, I don't know that any of the big 10 teams have really made huge splashes yet. Um, you know, added some pieces. Wisconsin's added a couple of uh, maybe, uh, you know, auxiliary players, you know, but, but as far as impact guys, maybe not. I think uh, Indiana is, is, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be – portal's going to be really important to them as well. So um, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with the rest as we go forward. I think after May 1, you know, when people can't – will have to sit out if they haven't entered the portal, I think that changes things. Brad Sturdy from IlliniGuys.com. Always appreciate talking hoops with you. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. You bet. Keep up the good work. Brad Sturdy with us at 932. We'll take a time out and talk some NIL with Cam Cox, who is in studio with us. Back with more Lanai Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Stay with us. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Lanai Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate. With you until 11 o'clock. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Thanks to Brad Sturdy for talking some basketball recruiting, which is now a year-round conversation does not take a break anymore does it Lauren no and I remember when Harry when I came here Harry Combs would sell insurance in the summer because you know he'd make a couple extra bucks right. he, he was only making 1650 in those days Cam Cox basketball coach. Cam Cox from the U of I is with us in the, the studio we were talking off the air about uh, NIL coming up on its 10-month birthday if you will I'm, I'm guessing things have changed a little bit since last July right Cam just a little bit, Steve. Just a little bit, and and thanks for having me. I uh, I appreciate it. It's it's funny to kind of look at how much things have changed over these ten months. I think when we first started this thing, we knew we were shooting at a moving target, but now it's settled a little bit, and so you've seen us kind of settle in, figure out a good strategy, and make sure that we have something that can be great for our coaches, our student athletes, and our community. Does something come up every day that that you didn't anticipate? <laughs> 
Just about, yeah. just about, if not every day, every few days. And, and the reason why is because there's so much in the national narrative about NIL. And so there's so many people who are putting out ideas. And I really try to consume as much as I can of that content just to make sure that I'm putting our student athletes and coaches in the best position. Um, and every day someone will say something and you'll think, huh, okay, I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Or, oh, my gosh, this is definitely the way that we have to go. And then people will start to kind of say that more. And so – even right now, I think we're starting to see an uptick in um, like large corporate interests for NIL, understanding that corporate budgets are set a long time in advance. And so it took a while and there was kind of this lag um, for corporate marketing budgets to really get into the NIL game. But now I think we're starting to see some interest there. Tell us uh, about your next move in terms of moving in with Howard Milton and why you're doing that and about the law that's about to be passed if the governor signs it. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. So uh, what we saw after a little bit of time in the NIL space and the new era was basically that our state law had actually put us at a disadvantage with respect to other states. Our state law mirrored the NCAA's proposed legislation that never went into effect. And that proposed legislation was actually a, a kind of robust package of different rules and restrictions. And we kind of tried to codify that in our state law. Of course, the NCAA ended up walking a lot of that back. And so we found ourselves at a big disadvantage. We went through the process of actually trying to amend our state law. We worked with legislators across our state and um, other kind of government relations folks at different universities. And now the amendment sits um, at, at the governor's desk. And fundamentally what the amendment does is it gives institutions more discretion to get involved in facilitating name, image, and likeness transactions on behalf of student athletes. The university itself, the athletic department, can participate when this law is passed. Yes. Just like, a, just like the Guardians? Yes, the university will be able to take an active role in fundraising and soliciting and facilitating for NIL transactions. We find that um, it's a bit more effective and create more opportunities for our student-athletes that way. So you're moving in with the fundraiser. Milton, how is this going to affect his fundraising for the department? I mean, well, some a, of this money question. is going to be siphoned off to individual athletes. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And, and I'll say Howard and his shop have been great about that. I think our perspective is that we have an opportunity to use NIL to actually grow the pie. Obviously, there's going to have to be more money coming into the system. But we think that it can produce really exciting results for our fans. And so we think it's really worth it. We see it in many ways as being an investment in the future of our programs. I know Howard was celebrating the fact that uh, – they just went over three hundred million. I guess they're three hundred nine million. He told me <laughs> that they've taken in since he and Josh got together. What a fundraiser! Yeah, but now the future, I would think, would be it would be he won't get three hundred million in the next six years. I wouldn't think because some of that money is going to be going to student athletes. Well, we'll see. And and these are good questions because these are the same questions that are being asked all across the country as we see, you know, the rise of collectives and collectives that have, you know, millions of dollars in them and, and kind of goals of millions of dollars and that kind of stuff. Um, I think every institution, and we're the same way, has to kind of decide, hey, is it okay to kind of potentially risk taking a bit of a dip for a year or two with the goal of having a lot more money on the back end if you can really improve your product on the, on the field and on the playing surface? Um, we think it might be, um, but we also know how much support is out there. I think that there are a lot of people who are excited about the prospect of supporting student-athletes who maybe, for whatever reason, weren't as excited about the prospect of supporting the department directly. And so we plan to kind of make the tent a little bit bigger and then make the pie bigger in the future as well. Talking to Cam Cox, if you have any questions regarding NIL, 217-356-9397 is our phone number. The question I get most often on the golf course or around town is, 
who decides where the money goes and who it goes to and how what's that process all about? In other words, why does player A get something and maybe player A doesn't get as much or player B, whatever? What's your uh, comment to that? It really varies. Um, definitely right now it really varies. I think there is a sense that, well, it's all about the market value, but the market value is not set, Steve, right? right? So there's this kind of sense of how much do I think someone should get or would get for this kind of activity? And, and it's interesting because it's all over the board. Obviously, for me and my role, everything is disclosed, and so I can see it. And there isn't a level, even when you're looking at player A versus player A, there isn't a clear market value that's been established yet. Um, but it, it it's it's odd because I think a lot of times people decide, okay, what's my budget? And then they just try to figure out what they can get from that. But it's not, I think, without the information being disclosed publicly, it's not really obvious kind of to figure out where the money's supposed to go. Um, but I will say that when the state law changes, we'll be able to take a more active role and say, okay, if you think that you want to have this much support, it makes sense to have student-athletes do this kind of thing, and it makes sense to work with these group of student-athletes versus another one. It's another way to make it more seamless. If the coaches can't use NIL as a recruiting <laughs> conversation, mm-hmm. How do they react? Wait a minute. I'm laughing. (laughs) Well, let's say they're not supposed to. Right. That's where I'm going with the question. (laughs) Then how do they defer that? And who who do these people that are seeking that answer talk to? Yeah. So that's a good question. And I'm glad that I can speak on the distinction between kind of a recruiting inducement and an attractive compensation structure here, here in this show. Because I think a recruiting inducement is when you say, if you come here, we can promise you you're going to make this amount of money. Or when a booster goes to a recruit and says, look, if you come here, I'm going to give you an NIL deal worth that amount of money. What we are trying to do is make sure that we have an attractive compensation structure that our coaches can talk about. So when they say, hey, we have open doors, we have group licensing programs, there's collectives that support us, our student athletes are making these kind of averages. That's something where a student athlete makes a decision and they're thinking, okay, what kind of education am I going to get? That box is checked at the U of I. They're thinking, am I going to have top-notch facilities? That box is always going to be checked at the U of I, specifically now with the work that Director Whitman's been doing and other stuff. They're going to think, are my coaches going to be excellent? That box is checked too. We need to make sure that the compensation structure box is also checked, and that's what this is about. Again, the phone line is open if you'd like to jump in with Cam Cox. Let's uh, go to the phones. Go ahead, sir, what, or, or person. I'm not sure what your name is. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, I just have a question. It's about NIL and foreign players. I said, are there challenges with NIL deals with uh, foreign student athletes such as Kofi and Sydney and Chase Brown and others because of visa limitations they might have? Yeah, I, I heard that Sheebway at Kentucky couldn't get an NIL right now because he's he's a foreigner. Yeah, so what, what it's about is the visa status. So the overwhelming majority of foreign student athletes are here on F visas. And F visas are student visas. They have really, really strong prohibitions against the ability to work. Most of the stuff that we think of with NIL, because it's not pay for play, it's pay for an exchange. There's got to be a quid pro quo. Most of the stuff that we think of as NIL actually is going to qualify under those strict prohibitions as work. And so that's why you haven't seen Chase Brown make any social media posts or appearances or anything like that. Kofi is a bit different because Kofi actually got a green card. And so for that reason, he's not on the visa system. And so he's able to participate in name, image, and likeness transactions. But that's a really good question. So thank you for asking it. Well, is there some way that Chase Brown, who would be worth something, mm-hmm. uh, could uh, change that in the next year? Or by, by fall, let's say. 
Well, probably not by fall, just because the green card process takes a bit of a long time. So there has to be a level of real foresight in doing that. I mean, I, it often takes over a year to do it. I, before this role, I would practice law as an attorney, and I did a couple of pro bono green card cases, and they kind of take a long time. Even when they're really easy, you have to adjust the status. I will say that there are several legislative efforts. Some of them are actually coming out of Kentucky um, to really raise awareness for this issue and try to get student-athletes who are here on FNJ visas the opportunity to do NIL like their peers. Anything else, Matt? No, that's it. Thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate the call. I'm going to ask you about Kofi. I'll just say tell us as much as you can about Kofi. He's, he's been with it for a year now, a season at least, and he's uh, maybe coming back. I mean, do you, what do you think he could make if he stuck around here another year? Lauren, you might be more in the know on that than I am. I, I just <laughs> – it's – it's funny because I think that whole decision process for him as a young man, it's multifaceted, and NIL is a big part of that. I think NIL is the part that our fans have an opportunity to participate in. The other stuff is not, right, there's nothing we can really do about that stuff. I think the number, no one really knows what it is because it's it's considered against, well, what if I were to go to this league or that league? Or what if I were to go to this place or that place? Or what does their compensation structure look like? And I think there's there's a sense that there are a whole bunch of things being evaluated there. And if I knew the number, honestly, I would say it because I think it's important for, for it to just be said, but I just don't know what it is. Let me just make a generalization. Is there anywhere he could go where he could make more money than he can make at the University of Illinois next basketball season? I don't believe so. Okay. But I'm not sure because – I need to. I would have to know that our fans were going to be willing to provide that level of support because so much of the name, image, and likeness support really does come from the fans, right? It comes from appearances. It comes from people wanting to work with the student athlete. I think his brand here is unquestionably bigger than it would be any place else, even at the professional level. And so I want to say yes, but I don't know, right? I mean, I don't know that it would be bigger than being a second-round draft pick or a first-round draft pick or something like that, but I also don't know for sure that he's going to be able to be that, right? And so you have to kind of balance all that stuff together. 946, we're talking NIL with Cam Cox. We'll go another segment with him, but need to take a break right now. We'll do that and be back in a couple of minutes. Stay with us on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. It is 9.48, the Lili Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Lauren B. Tate, Stephen Kelly with you until 11. Phone line is open, 217-356. So is our text line. And a question on the text line, why isn't there an NIL limit? Who is governing? And how long till we see the first scandal? I don't know what they mean by scandal necessarily, but a couple of good questions there, Cam. Yeah, a couple of good questions. So I'm glad that the text line was hit with those. I'll say, you know, the reason that there is not an NIL limit is because it's so important to remember that this is not employment compensation. This is outside compensation that student athletes are able to earn. And the foundation of it is actually student athlete autonomy. So this is a transaction that occurs between third parties and student athletes. And so there's really no mechanism of of limiting it. Um, I mean, it's, it's a marketing deal. So that it doesn't really happen that that can be limited any differently than it could if someone else was to go out and sign an endorsement deal. Um, I'll say in terms of who's governing, there are, there are a few different sources of governance, but I, I like that this point is being brought up because the best source of governance would be um, federal legislation. But, of course, there's difficulty getting laws passed. they got to worry about inflation in Ukraine and everything else. 
Um, and then there's also, you know, the reality that a lot of times with the federal government, as Director Whitman likes to say, if you invite him into the tent, you got to be ready for him to run the circus. And there's a lot of other things <laughs> that um, the federal government might want to kind of work on in college athletics that, that aren't as exciting as, as NIL, at least from my perspective. So when we think about kind of having a scandal, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, look, you're, you're dealing with young people. And so things can always happen when you're dealing with kind of young people in the outside world. But at the same time, I'm really proud of the fact that there hasn't been one, right? Like NIL has been perhaps the biggest story in college sports all year for 10 months, and there hasn't been something that we can point to and be like, oh, my gosh, what a horrible thing or, or what, a, what a scare story. Um, and I think that will continue to happen. I will say that things like amending our state law to make sure that the institutions can get more involved make it less likely that any scandals will come up. But I really appreciate those three questions coming in because I think they're important. Let's go to the phones. Mark is calling from Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Mark, you're on with Cam Cox. Hey, good morning. Uh, I kind of want to try to clarify. Yeah, I'm kind of being nosy about what these guys are going to get. But uh, did, was Lauren's question what Kofi could earn in the upcoming season? Someone has to know what he got last season. And that's, you know, I think that would tell us a lot. If we knew that number. Yeah, so everything that um, student-athletes do in the NIL space has to be disclosed to the institution. So someone does know, um, and several someones know, um, what what he was able to earn last season. But we look at that as being kind of third-party information and and really, candidly, Kofi's business. I'm fine with that. I actually agree with that because I think – when those numbers are public, you know how the public is in general. I, I said I was being nosy, but I, I don't care what it is. I, I'm all for them. I hope they get all they can get. But there will be people who hear these numbers and are extra critical just because they're jealous of that number. Well, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. And But I think I, if the numbers were public, there would also be an understanding of the wide variance that exists, right? I mean, because there isn't, again, it's not employment compensation. So, there isn't um, maybe like what people think is being earned by a bunch of different folks. It may not be the case, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Like I have a sense of what I think folks are earning at other universities, and that's why I'm proud of what we've been able to do here at the U of I and NIL. But I don't know that we're on par or that we're not blowing them out of the water or that we're not falling way behind, and I think that's part of the game too. Um, but that's also, uh, I think, as the market settles over the next couple of years on this, I think it'll start to be a little bit more clear and as, as there starts to become a little bit more visibility. Right. I, I agree with that, too. But um, I think that, you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious when you see the recruiting effects, like let's take Texas A&M, mm-hmm. that, that they bought their recruiting class because, I mean, there's got to be a ton of money being poured in there and everybody knows anywhere in the state of Texas and stuff at football that there's going to be a lot of people willing to pony up. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm always a little hesitant about that narrative because in as much as we know, like I, I like that you brought it up, right, because there is a lot of money in football in Texas, and there has been for a long time. And in that way, Texas A&M and Texas and those folks are able to create kind of an attractive compensation structure where if a recruit looks there, they can think, hey, I'm going to make a lot of money without there actually having to be something offered or a true recruiting inducement. At the same time, this narrative about Texas A&M, I, I don't think that Jimbo Fisher's sitting back like, man, I wish people would stop saying that we had so much in NIL because it's helping a lot, right? And so there's <laughs> kind of this sense of, to some degree, I wonder if, if this stuff is being pushed by the beneficiaries of it um, to the extent that it's even true at all. 
family. So thank you for letting me talk with you. Yep, thanks, Mark. Appreciate the call. Do you see any possibility uh, in the future that the players could ultimately be salaried? I don't know. I, You know, honestly, that is, from my perspective, one of the biggest questions in college athletics. I do think that there is a possibility, but there are so many moving parts associated with how to do that. Because I think on one hand, if I'm a student athlete, I'm like, hey, that sounds great. I could I could earn some compensation that was maybe perhaps fairly significant, and it would also be predictable and all this other stuff. I could get so much money for my time. On the other hand, you know, we sit here as guys with a few with a few more years under our belt, and we say, I don't know if the employee employer relationship is what you're seeking here, <laughs> right? There there is something about how how do you do that? And then when you do that, I mean, our business obviously there's there's significant revenue that runs through the athletic department, but our business is a nonprofit entity, right? It's not as if there's just pots of money sitting around that we're just kind of hoarding and collecting, right? We, we, we put those things back into the student-athlete experience. And so there would have to be a lot that was reworked in order to accomplish that. Um, that is one thing that is above my pay grade, and I'm glad about it. It'll be attempted by somebody one of these days. We know that. It's been attempted before. Yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard, and, it, and it, it, you got to kind of get it right. I think it's something where, and particularly in the legal landscape with respect to antitrust and other things, it's something that will require a lot of hand-wringing, a lot of discussions, but it could be the next frontier of student-athlete yeah, empowerment. We'd be, we'd be paying 500 players. We, yeah, we would be paying a significant number of folks. What's the NCAA's position on NIL? Are they standing back and saying, have at it, folks? They are. They're still advocating for federal legislation, um, which, again, in an election year with this inflation and with the geopolitical climate, I, I just can't see that happening. I think um, their thought is still, look, we, there's not a lot that we can do. The NCAA's hands are a bit tied, specifically with you know how strong the condemnation was in the recent Supreme Court case. And so... In some ways, it's easy to point to the NCAA and say, hey, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. But in other ways, I kind of understand why the ball is really out of their court at this point. And so they, they can't really do much except kind of lobby for it. These people who will benefit from NIL, especially when you're talking big money, they're going to have to have people around them helping them with a lot of things, aren't they? Taxes. Absolutely. <laughs> Agents helping with this and that. Uh, I guess uh, you can't forget about the tax element to this. You cannot. You cannot. Monday is is tax day, <laughs> and so it, it's been good. But I've been proud of our our student athletes who have really been proactive in that. That was something we pushed really hard in our education this year. Was look, there's going to be taxes, and you're going to have to pay them. It doesn't matter who you are. You're you're going to have to pay. It does not matter at all. And so I think our student athletes were really heedent to that message um, and, and did a good job with it. Got a guy coming on board named Sky Clark. We do. signed this week and has, a, am told, a very significant social media presence. He does. So he's got some, uh, some opportunities, I would think, in the NIL arena. I think so. I mean, it, Sky's got a, a big personality. He's got a great look. He's got a great social media presence, comes from a great family. I couldn't be more excited for him and the Clarks to get to campus. I just think it's going to be a great time. I think he's going to be an instant fan favorite. Um, and I think that he's really going to show, you know, kind of similar to the way that Kobe did, like in, like what the high watermark can be for NIL at University of Illinois. Anything else you'd like to add, my friend? Nothing really. Um, I just I appreciate being here and appreciate getting to talk about it a little bit. I do I do encourage people to continue to get involved in name, image, and likeness activities. Please do reach out to me if you have any questions. And 
hopefully the governor will, will sign this bill very quickly, and then we'll be able to really get active in the space and create more opportunity for our student-athletes. Are you moving from your one office to another now? No, my office is going to be the same size okay. and the same place. <laughs> okay. But you'll be working with Howard. Now. But I'll be working underneath Howard. That's yeah. right. That's Cam Cox, everybody. It is 958 WDWS News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM Champaign-Urbana. Hour number one of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk is in the books. We'll take a break and be back with hour number two after this. Stay with us. My name is Denise Martin. I'm a diehard Illini fan and admittedly love the Cubs. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? At Kirby Wealth Management Group, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right questions, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want now and years from now. Call us today at 217-355-9390. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the program, everybody, at 10.01. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. On a lot, I fell a Saturday sports talk. Thanks to Cam Cox for uh, stopping by and talking about NIL. There's always, I know when you're out and about, there's always NIL questions that... Uh, Fans ask you and me, and uh, we don't always have the answers, but uh, Cam does for sure. Well, they know the numbers, but they're not going to put them out because it's private information. Sure. I think everything kind of revolves in basketball next year uh, as to whether Kofi wants to return to class. He's got to take 12 hours. He's got to have progress toward graduation. And does he want to go? Is is classroom work meaningful enough for him to want to return? Because if he does, I'm confident, as, as even Cam indicated that he can make more money here than he can make anywhere else. This is where his, you know, he has a background here. He has a, you know, a, I think that uh, that there's more people willing to line up and help him financially. And once the university gets involved, which I think uh, they expect to happen any day now when the governor signs that bill, the university can go to a bank, for example, and say to the bank, would you be willing to help Kofi? And then, you know, it'd be legal. Yeah, I get all that. I get the... Uh are you tired of school conversation? But I also get, uh, do you want to play in empty gyms in right. a foreign country and Absolutely. nobody watching and you're playing uh, big-time basketball in the Big Ten and getting paid for it and having a good time and hanging around college students? I, to me, it wouldn't be a hard decision. But For me, playing in Germany right now is just too close <laughs> exactly <laughs> to the business. <laughs> no I mean, doubt about it. It's too close to Ukraine. If you're looking uh, to replace your windows and doors, I'd like to uh, suggest a visit to Illini Pella Windows and Doors, their showroom at 1001 North Country Fair Drive. I will tell you, though, think ahead a little bit because they're still having a supply chain issue and getting products in. So if you're even uh, thinking about that for later in the year, uh, start uh, ramping up that uh, thinking process a little bit now, whether you're looking for new or replacement windows or doors. 
the showroom, as I mentioned, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. That's where you can see some of the products in person. You can discover the uh, beauty of wood windows, the ease of those between the glass blinds and the durability of fiberglass entry doors. Pella is rated number one by Champaign homeowners as the window brand that can improve the value of your home. And the experts out there at the Pella Window Store know all about what type of window or door will work best in each unique situation. And working with them is an easy process. They'll help you from the start to the finish, from the shopping to the installation. So visit the showroom to get started, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. Their number is 356-6474. Check them out online at PellaOfChampagne.com. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, and Saturday by appointment. 10.04 is our time. This is the first uh, Saturday sports talk since the passing of our friend Jim Turpin last Sunday. So uh, we haven't forgotten about Jim by any means. If you have any uh, remembrances you'd like to to bring up about Jim, feel free to do it. Uh, Had a lot of that going on this week on the air, and uh, his uh, celebration of life will be coming up next Tuesday. Yeah, but we we did a lot of shows starting in 19... Well, about 1980, I guess he he took over for Larry right. Stewart and went right on from from there. So the show actually started, I think, didn't it in '79? Yeah, Larry and I started. Actually, I started. Yeah. Larry, Larry had resigned, yeah. and I went to Chuck Flynn. I said I'd like to do a Saturday show. Larry had denied that for uh, several times. I had brought it up. He said, well, I'm not going to come down there on Saturday morning. He said that to me several times. Don't be bringing that up. Don't talk to Flynn about it. I don't want to do it. I said, okay. Well, when he announced his retirement, I figured it didn't matter anymore what he said. So I went to Chuck, and Chuck went to, to Larry, and Larry came to me and says, Larry, and Larry said, I've got an idea. <laughs> I said, okay, Larry. He said, just remember one thing. I'm boss. I said, Okay. <laughs> Didn't that, want to, that's exactly how it happened. He didn't want to do it, but he wanted to be the boss. <laughs> that's right. And he, we did it for several months before he uh, – it was late in 1979. And then, when, of course, uh, he took uh, he gave up the job right at the end of 1979, and then uh, Jim took over. And then Jim took over and uh, basically was – with everything he did as far as uh, be the general manager of the radio stations for a while, do Penny for Your Thoughts mm-hmm. for all those years – and came in on Saturday for yeah. all those years, and, and all the, all the, all the he traveling did football too, and basketball, and all that travel. Yeah, and uh, he's a busy guy. He was, and you and I both have done a lot of traveling ourselves through the job, and that gets old. And that is oh. that is overrated. It's overrated, but just remember one thing: it's a lot different when you're traveling with a team. It is. You're getting on a plane and flying right there. You're not going commercial. You're not driving. You don't have to worry about the bus to pick you up. You don't. I mean, that there was a big difference for me. I'll tell you that. Well, being there's, able to travel with a team. There's also a big difference, even with traveling with the team, like I do for football, um, since nine eleven and the security oh, yeah. changes. It used to be you just walk right out to the oh, tarmac yeah. and get on. Yeah. And, but now you still have to go through security, and there's a couple of hundred people on a football flight. Mm-hmm. So that takes a little time after yeah. a game. You're yeah. thinking, okay, you're up there in Happy Valley, and the game's over. And Let's get home. Yeah, Ed Bond <laughs> and myself are always, and Camp Brown, we're always the last three to get to the plane because we're doing the post-game wrap-up mm-hmm. in the booth. We're always worried about the bus leaving us, or and, and actually we actually... Uh, take a van with uh, Kent Brown. We're always worried about the plane <laughs> still being there when we get there. Yeah. And when we do get there, there's still a line to go through security to get on. But 
it takes a while. But then again, once you're in the air, in an hour and a half, you're home from a long trip like that. But just remember, how would you like to do basketball games at Illinois when you live in Springfield? He's he's right. tra- he's leaving a game at ten thirty at night or or later after a post game show, and having to drive all the way back to Springfield and then get up the next morning and go to work. So he had, I mean, when he moved to Champaign, that made it a little easier. I'll say that. Yep. Some other news this week that came out that um, the University of Illinois Alumni Association and Athletic Department are launching a statewide tour. Yeah. They're going to get back out among the people. Out among them. Out among them across the state. It's going to start on Wednesday, May the 18th, and that will be in Aurora. They've also got stops coming up in Springfield, the Quad Cities, Belleville, Rockford, Winnetka, and Peoria going up through mid-June, so there'll be some uh, coaches and other athletic department personnel on these trips. Yeah, some of those are in the corners of the state. It'd be kind of hard for you and I to get there. We'd have to take off and travel. And we mentioned the uh, opening date for the Atkins Golf Club. Looking forward to that. Friday, June 3rd will be the official opening date for that. Uh, The Illinois golf team will have access to the course, I'm guessing, uh, in May if they haven't been out a little bit already. But uh, for a lot of folks uh, anticipating getting out to take a look at uh, the Atkins Golf Course at the University of Illinois, formerly Stone Creek, can do so beginning on June 3rd. It's 10.09. We'll take a timeout and be back with more Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Twelve minutes after ten o'clock from the Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly with you until eleven. We've got an open line segment right now, 217-356-9397. If you'd like to join us, anything on your mind on this sunny Saturday morning. Congratulations to Tim Sheridan. Tim is the winner of this week's Game Day Spirit $50 gift card in our uh, Game Day Spirit ongoing uh, contest. Tim Sheridan, the winner. And coming up a week from today is the Game Day Spirit Stadium Sale over at Memorial Stadium in the Great West Hall from 9 to 2. All kinds of great deals going on over there from our friends at Game Day Spirit. Uh, Merchandise right out of the uh, U of I equipment room, so you can get the same stuff that the athletes wear on sale at the uh, stadium sale a week from today at Memorial Stadium. And speaking of Memorial Stadium, Football team's practicing today. Uh, I guess this would be their last uh, scrimmage before the spring game. Spring game next Thursday. Thursday night at 6.30, by the mm-hmm. way, is the start time on that. Originally, yep. it was advertised at 7.30. They made a little bit of a change because the Big Ten Network wanted to put it on at 6.30. And you can hear it right here, I'm told, on uh, WDWS. But uh, what are you looking for in that? Well, I, I bet you I can tell you something about the football team that you hadn't thought about. You ready? Sure. I, I've got a what I think is a starting lineup. I mean, I think we know what the depth chart is. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. And of the 22 players, 18 were recruited by? Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Except for DeVito at quarterback, Hart at linebacker, maybe Adams at a tackle spot. Uh, this is 18 of the 22. <laughs> I mean, the, the receivers per uh, Williams and, and Washington, uh, the the guards are, you know, are going to be probably Palshevsky and and Slaughter are both recruits. Uh, uh, Pearl, you, you got, 
defensive secondary, Brown with a spoon, Juan Martin. I mean, it's just it's kind of amazing. This is the second year for Bielma, and he's basically still using almost entirely a, a Lovey Smith team. Now, you can cite exceptions, and there are exceptions, but overwhelmingly, 18 out of 22, I'm guessing. Yep. Well, it takes, uh, we know, everybody knows, it takes a little longer to yes, sir. To get your own guys and to and build. And he redshirted a lot of sure. guys last year, and he's going to redshirt a whole bunch of freshmen this year. Mm-hmm. You just can't come in with freshmen and win in the Big Ten. You can't. Now, it doesn't mean that some of them will sneak in and play, but basically this is going to be a, a Lovey Smith team from a recruiting standpoint. I think mm-hmm. the defense is a lot better, uh, and I think that offensively, uh, I think they'll be fine. And with the running game, should be very good, Steve. I would think the running game this year, uh, I don't see where they have any great weakness in their ability to run the football because they got the line is taking shape. They got some terrific ball carriers. Ball carrier, uh, that may be the deepest position on the team. Oh, I think it is. Chase Brown back with uh, over 1,000 yards last year and seven touchdowns. He had a couple of 200-yard-plus games. He's a good one. Then you've got Josh McCray, who had 550 yards rushing and had a couple of big games himself. But what Cam Cox told us about uh, Chase Brown being from Canada, that he cannot take NIL money. I had no idea. I hadn't thought about that. I I knew that that was a problem, but I didn't, you know, it doesn't apply to to, um, Kofi because he's got a green card, I guess. And if you don't, you can't can't earn money here, I, I guess. So we'll get a chance to see a little bit of Tommy DeVito at quarterback. Uh-huh. They're not going to tackle the quarterback or anything like that, and they won't probably do kickoffs and such like that in the spring game. They might, they might kick them, but they're probably not going to return them. Uh, what what else are you looking for that uh, you have questions about? Well, I'm I'm a personnel guy. I just want to see if if my what I told you, uh, I've got my own idea what the the starting rotation will be. What not the rotation, but the the mm-hmm. starting units will be, and I'm, I'm anxious to see how they back those up. I will tell you that the great weakness of this team, it may not be the starters. It may be the depth, and depth is important because injuries always, always happen in football. And you worry about when we, when August starts, you just watch day by day because the only thing that matters at that point is that you get to the first game with all your talent. And uh, it doesn't usually happen because somebody always gets – Hurt last year, uh, Slaughter was an example. Mm-hmm. He was hurt, and you know I remember when when Lowe was a freshman and he came in and he couldn't practice, and and yet they uh, when the season got underway later on in the season they they actually decided to use him. I'm still a little concerned about the wide receiver position. Oh yeah, Isaiah William is your leading receiver coming back. Forty seven receptions, four touchdowns. Well, they're going to get that. They're going to try to get that ball to him. They're sure going to make a major effort, and every defensive unit that comes in here is going to try to keep him from getting it. So that that'll be the battle. I think Washington's got good quality ability to to get mm-hmm. uh, tough passes. I mean, he's a good receiver, but uh, Williams has got the breakaway thing that uh, that gives him the edge. Pat Bryant had a decent year for a freshman last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be in that rotation. I think that's right. As will Brian Hightower, mm-hmm. more or less, and uh, more yeah. likely. Uh, Got to see more of Hightower. He kind of disappeared last year, yeah. injury-wise, and and uh, he came in, uh, I think, with high expectations and just didn't pan out. He and Brian both are big receivers, 6'3", mm-hmm. and uh, so we'll see if they can take advantage of, of that. And as far as 
other quarterbacks besides DeVito today. You're likely to see Ryan Johnson, uh, Samari Collier probably. Samari Collier may be uh, making some strides, according mm-hmm. to the coaches. Now, if you have season tickets, you probably already know this, but you can get in today to see uh, a part of this practice, uh, if not the whole thing, and uh, the media is allowed in as well. And then the spring game, which is open to the public, is uh, next Thursday night. Defensively, what uh, what pops out in your mind when you think Illinois football? Well, I, I think that I, I like Barnes and Hart at linebacker, and I think they're going to be fine. And you know... Um, when I talked to a couple of the players earlier this past week, the thing they said that changed this team last year, and I think this is right, they started out with a four-man line and three linebackers, and then they went to an odd front, which was a five-man line as far as I'm concerned. They called, they called the outside ends uh, deep linebackers. Outside they're, they're, linebackers. De- they're defensive ends is what they are, and, and, and I think that the, the, the key to this defense for me is the ability of Seth Coleman and Ezekiel Holmes to step up and play well. I think they will, and I think they're they're big enough, they're strong enough, they're athletic enough. They should, and we saw Seth Coleman start about three games last year, so he can play. So if those two ends uh, make it, I think the defense will be very good again. They only in the last nine games they only gave up eighteen points a game, and that's pretty good. It took them a while to make that adjustment and make the change, and once they did, they played better against everybody. Down the, down the stretch. And so uh, I think the line should pick up where it's, I mean, the defense should pick up where it, uh, you know, left off last year. And uh, I think that uh, in Johnny Newton and Randolph, I think they've got two of the best defensive tackles in the Big Ten. Now, Randolph is hurt right now and won't play today. And I don't think he'll play in the spring game either, but that's okay. He'll, he'll be back. and He's really good. You could call them tackles or you could call them ends. Well, yeah, they're tackles. I know they you are. You know, they're, and you got a nose tackle. You got a nose tackle on Avery, and and we're counting on Avery to come through. And and it's time for him to play like the star recruit he was when Illinois got him. And this is his fourth year. Yeah, uh, Newton had fifty tackles last year. Randolph had uh, forty-seven, including a one interception. Also had yeah. four sacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those guys are guys that will be counted on, and uh, that. Season opener is Wyoming, August 27th. Yep. Early start again, and uh, then we come right back with with a trip to Indiana, which will be crucial early. First Big Ten game at Indiana just a week later. And uh, And they're coming. It's a must win, Steve. It (laughs) is, and they're coming off a very disappointing season. Yeah, they are. And and yet they had the talent to be ranked in the top 20 before the season. And and I think the quarterback situation and, and other problems developed. And again, the problems with Indiana, the problems with Illinois, the problems with you know, maybe Purdue is the depth thing. If you get key guys injured, it just it really hurts because you don't have the replacements. And I, I know that's something Bielema's working awful hard on because you know that you can't just put 22 guys out there and play them every down. That doesn't happen. Yep. And under Ryan Walters, the uh, defense really improved as the season went along. They gave up some big games early on. Yeah, they did. But, uh, in, including a big game to Barry Lunny Jr. Yep. and UTSA of San Antonio. They came in here and scored 37 points against Illinois, and we just went out and got their offensive coordinator, didn't we? That uh, is one thing I want to look at when I see some practice in the spring game. Can you see, and a lot of times you can't in the, these kind of settings, but can you see a, a 
definitive difference in the offensive style of play. They're not going to show you much. They're not going to show you anything, Steve. <laughs> I know. They're, they're going to be hiding everything. As soon as you show, they, there's that Steve Kelly. He'll tell uh, oh, yeah, he'll right. tell Wyoming what we're doing. Yeah, Steve Kelly doesn't <laughs> know what he's looking at, but he's trying to figure out, uh, does this look different than last year when I didn't know what I was looking at? <laughs> but uh, that'll be fun to see here in the uh, next couple of days and uh, weeks uh, as we move towards uh, talking about football season. Let's go back to baseball here a little bit. Uh, first week in the books, uh, Cardinals and Cubs and White Sox all above 500 and just kind of playing April baseball. You just try to get through it and not fall too far behind. Yeah, playing in this bad weather, you just don't know what to expect. I I like the White Sox. I, I think they're going to make a run. I think that this is a, this is a really good team, and um, we'll see if they – you know Roberts is going to be is going to be a ton, and Anderson's one of the best shortstops in baseball. And they, if you go down that lineup, they're they're pretty tough. I mean, Abreu's batting uh, third and hitting the stuffings out of the ball, and I, I just think that the White Sox are something something to be concerned about. I, as far as I, I don't know I don't know what to think about the Cubs. I I haven't. Been able, they hit the ball a little better. By the way, Suzuki can really hit. Yeah, he can. Oh boy, does he have a wonderful swing, and and he hits it. He and he's not swinging at bad pitches either. They, I bring that up because Baez has set the record for that, and he's gone now. A couple of calls. Let's go to Steve in Barrington with a question about Kofi. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I didn't know if you guys had heard if it, if he had an announcement date and what you guys are thinking he's going to do. Well, we both think he'll come back. Uh, he has not made an announcement as of yet. The last we knew, he was still in Jamaica, taking a little time off. Yeah, he the came way- back about three or four days ago. Yeah, I've heard that, but I also oh. heard that no, I'm not sure he's back. But oh, really? So, okay, I was totally that he was back. Okay, well, I thought so too. But anyway, he has not made uh, an announcement, nor has he said when he will. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate the call. I think the coaches well, would like that. To he'll be. make an announcement within the next week or so. You, well, he's going to have to before yeah. the yeah the twenty fourth. Is that? Yeah. And what's today? The I mean, unless he's nineteenth. Yeah. Unless he's just going to do something other than the NBA. I mean, look, if he's not going to play at Illinois, he's not going to be in the NBA. Let's face it. Right. He's not going to be drafted. So. He's got a choice of does he want to play for Illinois, does he want to play for another college team, or does he want to go to the G League, or does he want to go to Europe? I mean, those are his choices. Yep. And where will he play with the most, where he's most beloved, where he's got great chance of winning, where he's going to have a wonderful crowd backing him and make a whole lot of NIL money? If I was going to line up all the things that favor Illinois, all of them point toward the University of Illinois and none point to the G League or Europe. Or transferring. Or transferring. Well, yep. no. Yeah. Hey, Marty, what's up? How you doing? Hey, gentlemen. Um, as I, I just wanted to assuage uh, Lauren's concerns about the pitching a little bit since we, we did touch on baseball. Okay. Um, got a lot of sinker ballers. Got a really good defense, Lauren. And more importantly, a young man that used to be kind of a closer – if, again, stay healthy, same things always, looked awfully good the other day. And I think Hicks is going to be a very good starter. I like him better there than closing because he's a con- he pitches the contact a lot more than people think for a guy that throws 100 mile an hour. 
So they're going to be okay. They got some guys down at AAA that can step up and help if they need be. And the offense is going to be better, so hang in there. They'll be all right. He's talking to you, Lauren. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But I, I didn't say they'd be great. I okay, be well, I think they'll be above average. I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied they'll be above average, but they're not going to be the best. There's going to be other no, pitching staffs better. better it's going to be really up to their, their bullpen. And is Wainwright going to be able to win away from St. Louis? He couldn't last year, so will he this year? And will, uh, you know, will Nicholas hold up? He looked good yesterday. He gave him six runs the first two innings. He looked real good. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I think the Cardinals are in that category of better teams, and they've got a shot at winning the division. But I'm not excited about them winning the World Series because you don't go into the World Series with this kind of starting pitching and expect no. to win. But I'm just – I just want to get into the playoffs and then see what Well, happens. I think they'll do that. All you got to do is get in. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say the key pieces will be Hudson and Matz at the back end of the, of the rotation mm-hmm. more than the front guys. If they pitch well and keep the ball down, then you might be surprised because the defense is pretty good behind them. Well, the might defense is terrific. Since 82. Yeah. Yep. All right, Marty, good to hear from you. Take care, guy. And I, I think, Lauren, you're dead right. I think Kofi will be back because everything points that way. Well, everything points that way except there's one thing that I worry about. Does he want to go to school? Does he want to take 12 hours of classes, which he must do in order to be eligible? And, and I but, think that there are people around him that are pointing him other directions. Well, and Lauren, I, I just you told me I could make a half million dollars, I'd go for 12 hours of classes. Well, I know. I know you would. I I hope he does. Me too. All right. Thanks, Marty. Yeah. Bye-bye, guys. Appreciate it. Let's go to James in Champaign with an NIL comment or question. Go ahead, James. Thank you. I, I kind of wanted your reaction to a couple of things. One is that I, I'm in favor of there being this support organization, the Illini Guardians, but it's the equivalent of a pack in politics where the dark money can – can be channeled without any public uh, acknowledgement of it. And so one of the thoughts I had is if you were a coach like Coach Cal and you're making $7 million, you could pump uh, half a million or a million of your own money into the, to the uh, organization they have down there to fund athletes, and nobody knows that you're helping buy athletes indirectly. And then the second thought I had was that the Guardians are not a charitable organization for tax purposes, but I think if a person wants to finesse that, they could make a contribution, let's say, to the Boys and Girls Club, which would be tax deductible with the direction to the Boys and Girls Club that we would like you to hire, go through NIL and hire Kofi to come in and give autographs and whatnot to the kids. So I think there's an opportunity there to for some creative tax planning, but I just wanted your reaction to those things. I don't know what to say. I I, I have no comment on that. I, I'm just trying to, you know, I, I I'm going to leave that up to you, Steve. <laughs> Thanks. I lost I lost my train of thought somewhere along the way. Well, good points, James. I, I don't know that the, there are any answers to that at this point, and that's uh, that would have been a good question for Cam Cox and. Maybe the next time we get him in, we can 
we can uh, pull that. But we appreciate your call. Okay. Thanks. 10.30, WDWS. I had a text question that uh, came earlier. I didn't get a chance to respond. Somebody, we were talking about the Coaches versus Cancer event, and uh, somebody pointed out that they know that I'm a big fan of the rock and roll band Chicago, mm-hmm. who was performing at the State Farm Center the same night, and they wanted to know where I was. Oh, and you were at the st- I was at the concert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, normally, I would have been at Coaches versus Cancer. I, I bought the Chicago tickets before I, I knew or was aware of the date of the Coaches versus Cancer. How was the turnout for Chicago? It was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to tell what the number was because they have the the arena kind of cut in half. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a good crowd. I thought uh, they've been doing this now for fifty five years, still with three of their original band members, and they're not mailing it in. They're giving you a show, mm-hmm. and there's, there's some new faces in the band, but they still play the uh, their great Chicago songs with all the the horns and rock and roll, and so that's where I was. So. Okay. Guilty as charged. Ten thirty one. We'll take a break and be back with more on I Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Moving up on ten thirty four here on Line I Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you until eleven. Open line. What's on your mind this morning? Phone lines have been a little light today. Not to say we're in the off season, but we're really not because recruiting doesn't have an off season anymore. Just like you don't have an off button on your microphone. (laughs) I should have a seven-second delay here. (laughs) But, uh, Steve, I wrote a column Sunday about all the mistakes I've made. Really? I tried to. How long did that take? It took a long one. It was a long (laughs) column. (laughs) I read that. All the ideas, that, all the theories, all the thinking, all the vision that you have that that turned out different. And uh, I started off with... uh, one of the things that I brought up, and we talked about this earlier, was that didn't you and I both think that the football team in 2022 would be down even worse than the 2021 team because of the loss of all those seniors? And I think that I've, I think I'm wrong about that. I think that the team is taking shape now, uh, uh, maybe even be better than last year. What do you think? Yeah, I could see a scenario where that might be the case. Um, I don't see much difference at quarterback. I think that Peters and DeVito are very similar. What what are your thoughts there? I think they are. I think uh, uh, DeVito, although Peters wasn't known as a scrambler, he did have some pretty good scramble plays. Yeah, and and DeVito's the same way. Yeah, I think DeVito might be a little better Mm -hmm. in that, and maybe Mm -hmm. they actually build some of that in. I don't know, but... Peters, uh, I don't think you wanted him to run, but when he did, he was effective a few times. Mm-hmm. But I agree, they're similar. They're similar in size, similar uh, both being uh, guys that uh, have transferred. And, and last year's team had a new offensive coordinator, and this year's team has a new offensive coordinator, and I think this one will be better. I think so, too, and we'll see how that plays out. But there's some good questions there to to, to be determined, and that's – what spring ball is all about. That spring game coming up for Illinois football is next Thursday at uh, 6.30 at uh, Memorial Stadium. It certainly is open to the public. Going to talk some uh, Chicago sports now with our friend Daniel Roan, who is on the line with us. Good morning, Dan. How are you? 
Hello, Steve. What's happening? Not much. I wanted to get uh, in touch with you, Lauren and I, and congratulate you on uh, your upcoming retirement that is coming well, up in May. my plan was to work as long as Lauren, but <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get quite that far. I'll tell you what, uh, he, can't, uh, he can't be topped. <laughs> he can't be topped. Another guy, and I, I know you heard this news earlier in the week, that uh, uh, did a similar situation was Jim Turpin. We lost him, and I know you uh, got to know Jim pretty well yourself. Oh, gosh, I had not even heard that. I'm very sorry to hear that. Jim, yeah, Jim was just a terrific guy, and I know you guys both work so closely with him. That's uh, really, uh, yeah, that's very sad news. I did not know that. Yeah, he passed away last Sunday at the age of 90, Lauren's age. Lauren's, you know, looking at the uh, at the calendar. I'm not volunteering <laughs> for anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan. You're not buying the green bananas but, right now, <laughs> But you know, Dan, you can always change your mind and come back. I mean, I did that several times. <laughs> You're right. I could, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well, you could do well, like. Well, if I could play golf as good as you could, I I, I think I would retire. But I, I, every time I'm on the golf course, I wish I was back in here doing the studio work. <laughs> I know that's not true. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you going to do, Dan? Uh, now, I'm retired kind of technically, but uh, still doing a couple right. things. Are you going to do a few things on the side? Um, in terms of the actual business, I don't think I am. I mean, I may fill in over at WGN some if they need, you know, an old person to talk about <laughs> stuff that nobody else has seen from the dark ages. But <laughs> uh, beyond that, I don't know. I think uh, I've got plenty to keep me busy. I have one my granddaughter sitting at my feet right now looking at me wondering why we're not playing together. <laughs> and then I have two other ones five blocks down the street here. So uh, between uh, those three and whatever else is going on, I think I'll have plenty plenty to do. You know, I never thought about that. You mentioned uh, uh, a veteran's point of view. You've been around long enough that when things happen that uh, the people that are reporting about things happening, when was the last time? And now we're those guys that... Uh, People call for that to get their perspective, right? Well, and, you know, that's okay. I mean, yeah. there's value in that. People uh, don't remember some of those things or aren't familiar with them, and uh, it's nice to have somebody who's been around and seen that kind of thing before. So, well, you yeah, got you got to tell us now. Up there in Chicago, Cubs win a World Series. The you know, the the Bulls had two three game three three year streaks of champions. The Bears, I mean, which is the biggest? For, for Chicago and you, which were the biggest championships? Well, I had always assumed it would be the Cubs, you know, for obvious reasons because, A, I was a Cub fan, and, B, uh, they hadn't won in over 100 years. So, um, But I have to say that it was it, – even though they came back in that series, I mean, they were down 3-1, came back and won it um, – it was kind of anticlimactic when they finally did. You know, it happened away from Wrigley Field. and It was uh, after midnight Eastern time, and it was raining, and I was stuck in a room uh, with two women who didn't care who won or lost when the <laughs> final out was made. A room up underneath in the, in the uh, stadium at Cleveland. So, I don't know. It, I, you know, for – in terms of excitement and all that, I mean, the Cubs was historic, but I think the Bulls, you know, for them to win six times and 
And there were some drama in some of those games, too. So uh, I would say overall, I'd probably have to say it was the Bulls. Well, now, th- that Bear thing lingered for a long time after they won. They were there. Those guys were heroes forever. Still lingering. I don't think they can <laughs> buy a drink or a dinner in town yet. I mean, you know, everybody talks about that team, and uh, it was well worth talking about. I mean, they were one of the best defenses that ever played. That's a team that probably should have won two or three in a row at least. But uh, for whatever reason, attrition and <laughs> – front office issues and everything else they didn't quite get that job done but uh, we always say it's a bears town and if they're good and they're winning and you know they could make a deep playoff run which has been a long time since they have uh, if they could do that then uh, that really gets the town going for sure talking to dan roan from wgn sports he covered six nba titles three stanley cup championships two world series champions uh socks in 2005 the cubs and 2016, one Super Bowl. Uh, I guess that's not something you, when you left Channel 3 back in, what was that, 83? Uh, yeah, 83, 84. Yeah, you didn't anticipate that kind of uh, uh, success by Chicago teams, but uh, as you mentioned, it's pretty fun being involved in that. Well, you know, if you stay somewhere long enough, Steve, you're going to win a few <laughs> just by luck of the draw, right? But yeah, I mean, my first year up here, uh, I, I came in February of 84, and the Cubs hadn't won anything in 39 years, and they won the division. Uh, the Bears made it to the NFC Championship game and just kind of primed the pump for the Super Bowl the next year. And the Bulls drafted Michael Jordan that summer. So uh, I was I was doing pretty well right off the bat. You were the good luck charm. <laughs> well, where are we now uh, with the uh, White Sox, for example, uh, is this a is this a team that can go all the way? Is a, is a pitching there to go all the way? It is if they're healthy, Lauren, and they've got some work to do in that department. Lance Lynn's probably going to be out for another six or seven weeks. Uh, he had some knee surgery, and uh, their ace, well, those are the two aces. He and Lucas Giolito and Gio's out right now, probably just for another week or so. He's he pulled a muscle or something, you know this. Shortened spring training is not helping anybody. I mean, yeah. a lot of people going down point. with yeah. Mi- yeah, minor nagging injuries. And I don't think you'll see most of these teams be fully healthy until sometime in June. I just wonder. Yeah, I think the Sox, I mean, their lineup is unbelievable. I mean, they, they can just mash the ball. And they have some speed to go along with it. And their bullpen is really good. Uh, they got Kendall Graveman out of Houston. Uh, to be the setup man for Liam Hendricks. Uh, Graveman could be a closer on 99% of the teams. I mean, he's really good. So uh, they're great there. Uh, they hit, they run. Um, Tony's got them going pretty good. And uh, I, I think they're definite, definite uh, World Series contender this year for sure. Talking to Dan Rowan, let's take a phone call. Steve in Princeton with us this morning. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Dan. Stevie D. I remember you from those good Redbird days, and uh, I hope to see you on the D.A. Wybrink golf course here in the near future. But uh, I just want to congratulate you on your career and what a thrill. And it's an honor to tell my kids and grandkids that, hey, I know that guy. I went to college with well, him. So I just want to We've call known each other you know for a long time. Him. Well, thanks, Stevie. I appreciate that very much. And good to hear from you. And, yeah, we had a lot of fun back at ISU, didn't we? 
I sure did with Doug Collins. You spent a lot of time with him, you know. So we've had a lot of good acquaintances and good friendships over the years. But wish you well and good health. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Steve, thanks for the call. Dan, you uh, went to ISU. And then talk a little bit about your career uh, prior to Channel 3, uh, when you came to Channel 3 and such, and where were you right before that? Um, well, I was uh, – I had an internship at Channel 25 in Peoria. Okay. And I was looking around, and um, the first job that I got was at Channel 3, but I was the Decatur Bureau. They gave me two film cameras <laughs> and told me to learn how to use them. And then I, I would uh, check in at the you know the police department, city hall every day, see what was going on. And that was my job. But I always wanted to be in sports, and then – the guy who was doing weekend sports was also a still photographer for UPI, and he quit to concentrate on his full-time job. So uh, they gave me that job. And then Don Wilcox, who was in law school and doing the nightly sports, uh, got out of school, went to Bloomington, became an attorney, and they had an opening and they had uh, a lot of applicants because there was play-by-play involved, as you know, and then... Uh, because I was handy and would work cheap, they gave me the job. <laughs> we all, <laughs> and then I was there for seven years. Yeah, we all did that. And when, when our uh, friend, uh, the late great Dave Shaw, hired me at Channel Three in late 1981, it was kind of with the anticipation that uh, you were probably going to end up going to Chicago. Then uh, you covered the Rose Bowl team in '84 uh, before you went up there and. Um, uh, the rest is history there. I spent a decade at uh, Channel 3 as well. Let's go to another call. Eric in Champaign. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, hey, Dan. Um, I wanted to say I always uh, loved watching um, WGN no matter where I was. I, I used to get a kick out of I'd be in Canada or Las Vegas, and there would be you guys <laughs> in the Cubs would be on TV. And, and I just wondered well, what happened to that because it used to be um, it was a global reach, you know, and I haven't seen you guys now in years unless I really want to, you know, go through the trouble of casting it on my on my computer. Yeah, uh, it ended kind of uh, abruptly in 2012. The people that had uh, bought the company decided that rather than have it be a superstation, they were going to make a cable channel out of uh, uh, the national feed. So they called it WG in America, and really all they did is put a bunch of reruns of old shows on there. I don't know. Uh, I know why they did it. I think they got a some kind of a $46 million tax break. So there were 46 million reasons why they pulled the plug <laughs> on it. But, uh, we were all, I, I, was, I was in New Orleans doing a Bulls game, and I got a call from my boss, and he said, uh, I'm just here. I'm just telling you from now on, we're not on the Superstation anymore. I said, well, what genius made that decision? He said, don't even ask. Don't say another word about it. We're just not on it anymore. <laughs> That's kind yeah, of what happened. It, it, it was a treat, though, no matter where you went. I mean, people people around the whole North America knew you guys, so that was pretty unique, I thought. So that <laughs> was a shame to see well, that there's girl. There's a story. Our reporter, uh, Robert Jordan, used to always tell he was a big scuba diver, and he went uh, to Belize. I guess the diving is really good down there. So he's walking down the main street in Belize City, and people are coming out of the shops and stores and running up to him to say hello because they knew him from TV from Chicago. <laughs> There's all kinds of great stories like that. But uh, 
Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, you could go anywhere and people knew who you were, that's for sure. No doubt. All right. Thanks, Dan. Yep. Yeah. Eric, thanks for the phone call. Another couple of minutes with uh, Dan Roan. So grandkids and golf, does that kind of uh, define what you'll be into here uh, at the end of May? Yeah, that's probably that's probably 16 hours out of the day. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'll have to sleep a little bit. So, yeah, that's pretty. No, I, I have some things I'd, I'd like to do. We're going to travel a little bit and see some things we haven't seen. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, everybody's pretty happy about it. I mean, there's a little bit of trepidation. I was just talking with Pat Foley this week, who just retired Thursday from 39 years as the voice of the Blackhawks on TV and radio. And uh, he said the same thing, a little melancholy, a little frightening, but uh, big picture, a pretty good deal. Yeah, you might, um, six months in, you might look back and say, what took me so long to make this decision? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I had made it for last February, and they kind of talked me into doing one more. So... And this was supposed to be in February, and then I said, well, I'll get you through the start of the baseball season, and if anybody's in the playoffs, uh, we'll try and get through that. And so it'll be May 26th will be my last day. Lauren wants to know where the Cubs got this Suzuki guy. <laughs> Boy, he's a hitter, isn't he? I'll tell you he? what, he's a really good hitter, and he's a pretty good outfielder, too. Um, he's got a lot of tools and uh, has an RBI in every game except the very first one, but he's hit in every game. They sat him last night in Colorado for some reason. Um, they brought him up to pinch hit. Of course, they intentionally walked him, so he didn't get to do any damage yesterday. But, um, yeah, that was a great get. And really, what was it, five years at 84 or something like that, whatever it was, it was kind of a bargain, I thought, uh, for a guy who can hit like him. So, yeah, that was a good move by Jed and those guys. What was his background? Was it in Japan? Yeah, and he's, you know, he's not a kid. He's. 27 or 8, I think, and mm-hmm. has played in their professional league since he was 18, I think. Um, he's had years where he's hit 35 home runs. Uh, he's got some speed, uh, but really a really good average hitter and an RBI guy. So um, that's where they got him. Uh, they think they're going to be able to get some guys on base if they have uh, eventually have Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal uh, up toward the top. Uh, those guys, you know, over the course of their careers, not, not long careers, but they've uh, done a lot of things with average and uh, good eyes, take a lot of walks. So they are uh, base runners most of the time. And they get Suzuki behind them, maybe they'll score some runs. Well, the Bulls are getting set for the playoffs. Your thoughts on their season and uh, specifically the season that uh, Io DeSumo had as a rookie? Well, Io was great. Um, I think... I wasn't that surprised by what he did because I knew, you know, having watched him all those years, what he could do, Um, not only as an offensive player. I think everybody gets caught up in, you know, how many points is this guy going to score? But uh, his passing has been unbelievable up here so far. Uh, His defense has been good, especially for a guy who's a rookie and has been given the assignment really almost every game of guarding the toughest guy on the other side. He's done great there. Um, there was a little bit of fool's gold, I think, early on with them. Uh, DeRozan was playing so well that uh, um, you know people started thinking, well, these you know they had the lead in the East for a good portion of the year, and I think people thought, well, uh, these guys are poised to make a long run. And then reality started to catch up, 
Um, they had some injuries, and, and DeMar wasn't making all the shots that he made early on. And uh, I think Io hit a little bit of a wall there for a while. I think he's back now. But, you know, they, they drew the toughest draw they could have. Uh, they'd rather play Miami or Philadelphia than Milwaukee because they have no answer for Giannis whatsoever. Right. Yeah, I'm afraid their run is about to end. <laughs> what yeah, was it? starts tomorrow. I'm thinking if they win a game, uh, they've done okay. If they win two, yeah. it's been a great run for them. Yeah. But I don't think there's any possible way they can win four. Well, Dan, we wanted to just uh, offer our congratulations on a great career. And even though Lauren quits the game of golf every <laughs> week, <laughs> if you're down this way, we need to tee it up. Well, we will. I, I'll caddy. How's that? that? <laughs> yeah. I, he shoots his age every time he goes out. Yeah, he does. So he told me what he does. He said if he shoots 45 or under on the front, then he'll play the back. <laughs> That's right. Because he's got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but you realize I, I can, if I bogey every hole, I would shoot 90. I would shoot my age. But anymore, I go. can't bogey every hole. <laughs> There's a doubles are sneaking in there too often. Uh, we don't like those. Nobody uh-uh. likes those. Nope. Hey, Dan, thanks a lot. Good to talk to you. Good to see you a couple times this season, and uh, we'll bump into you again soon. Thanks, we Dan. We will for sure. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate it. You bet. That's Dan Roan, WGN in Chicago. We'll take our final break and be back with some final words on Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk after this. The Fellow Window Showroom in Champaign specializes in windows and doors. Illini Pella can help you select the right window and door for your project, whether it's for replacements, remodeling, or new construction. Right now, they ask that you plan further ahead to allow more time to get your windows and doors in stock. Labor and material shortages are causing some extended lead times. Illini Pella, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, PellaofChampaign.com. We're about 90 seconds before 11 o'clock on this edition of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We had scheduled Kendall Gill for the show, but uh, couldn't find him this morning, so something apparently came up with him. We'll try to get him in uh, the uh, weeks ahead, perhaps, to uh, kind of catch up with him. I want to talk to him about the Bulls' playoff. They may be out of it by the time we... Better talk to him in a hurry. (laughs) (laughs) But we've got plenty of stuff we can always talk to uh, Kendall Gill about. But thanks to uh, our guest, Dan Rowan, also Cam Cox, who came in to talk about the NIL situation, and to Brad Sturdy with the ongoing talk about uh, college basketball recruiting. And congratulations to... I'm not sure what you're telling me there, so we'll pass on that and just say goodbye. All right. Mr. Tate, appreciate it. Uh, Baseball game at 3, football at 11.30. What are we going to do, Steve? Baseball, football, basketball, You could do both. Baseball. Right right here on News Talk 1400, WDWS and 93.9 FM. For Lawrence Tate, thanks uh, as well to Dave Leak, our producer. I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good weekend, everybody.